Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, guys? Week number 10, a quick turnaround, and that's exactly what you need after you lose a football game. You just forget about it. Move on to the next one, and that's exactly what we're doing here. We got the quick turnaround Thursday night football between the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, a team, both teams. (laughs) One and seven Panthers, two and seven Bears. Who wouldn't want to see that on national TV? And then I got some very, very bad news about this game earlier this afternoon so and I know that you already know exactly what I'm talking about so let's go ahead and get this show started we got our friend Rashad Beard from the Panther Nation podcast to help us preview this juggernaut matchup that we have coming up on Thursday so let's go ahead and get started this is the week 10 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground so let's get to it God help us all. We have to sit through two teams who've played a combined 17 games. And in those 17 games, they have a combined three wins. So, yeah, this is one that you want to put on national TV for the whole country uh, to see. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. And then, uh, as I said this afternoon... I uh, decided to treat myself to a little bargain Tuesday afternoon matinee, and uh, it was ruined when I was sitting through the credits, uh, taking a moment to myself, I'm checking my phone, what did I miss while I was in the movie, and there it was. Our friend Rashad Beard, you'll hear in the interview that uh, I was worried about this. But uh, spoiler alert. And um, he reached out to me. He's like, you called it. I was like, okay, what did I call? And then sure enough, I click on the I click on the notification. We're wearing the orange helmets and jerseys on Thursday. I, I just I, 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 I know you guys I've been I've been talking about it. I knew they were saving these jerseys or actually more specifically, the helmets for Thursday. And I knew it because we did one at home. We did one away last season. We got the away game out of the way week two against Tampa so that we wouldn't have to, you know, bake in the with our dark colors in the dark or in the hot uh, Florida sun, which made sense. Still looked like shit, but it made sense. And uh, I just knew, you know, we had to we had to do it for a home game. It's coming, sure enough. It's the one I thought it was. <sighs> we hadn't done a home game yet. 
Couldn't do it. We were on the, you know, we're playing the Raiders. It was just a regular noon home game that had like, you know, Fox's, you know, Z team or whatever broadcasting it in as few homes as contractually possible. But uh, no, we got to do it when it's the only game in town, literally. It's the only pro football game being played. Therefore, it's the only one the whole country gets to watch. And it's not bad enough that we got three wins between these two teams that have played 17 games. You got to dress us up in those goddamn awful orange jerseys and put the cherry on the shit show top with the helmets. I just... Uh, you hear me talk about it with uh, with Rashad because we recorded that. We recorded our conversation on Monday morning. So a quick turnaround uh, for us, you know, coming off of the losses on Sunday. Talked about it on Monday. And for someone who was pretty confident that his team wasn't going to be um, a bad football team, unsurprisingly, he has not so much backtracked, from that, but he's just kind of given in to what's happening. And as as we all have uh, as Bear fans, we didn't think that going into our 10th game of the season we'd be 2-7. and seven. Who thought that? You know, no self-respecting Bear fan thought that after everything that we did in the offseason, everything we did in the draft, everything we did in free agency, that it would turn out this way, 2-7, and seven, to be the butthole of the NFL once again. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, if you go back and and listen to that conversation, by the time I, I was like, yeah, we might just end up getting a mid round pick out of this. I mean, look at what they did. They got Miles Sanders. They got Hayden Hurst. They went out and got DJ Chark. They, you know, they drafted, uh, Bryce Young. They, in, uh, you know, they did some things, uh, to, you know, to kind of build around him and they had to, because they don't have any draft picks. Uh, you know, for the next couple years, we own their first next year and their second in 2025, and we have their best receiver on our team right now. Talk about somebody that could use uh, a top flight receiver is Bryce Young. Well, too bad we got him because Ryan Poles wouldn't give up the pick unless you gave up the guy. So, not that we're doing much with him at this point, but nonetheless, it'd be really interesting when we talk to Rashad here. Uh, in a few moments. I mean, I thought that this would be, you know, somewhere in the area of a seven to eight win team uh, in the Panthers. And I guess in the end, that's still possible, but they'd have to go on a hell of a run to make that happen uh, at this point. And instead, right now, the way that they're playing, the way that we're playing, the Bears are picking second and third in the draft right now. So that puts us in a good spot to pretty much do whatever we want right now. So Silver lining, you know, silver lining. I want the Bears to win every single game that they play, but, and I don't want them to lose. It doesn't make me feel good when they lose. And you'll hear Rashad and I talk about this. It's like nobody wants to do a show about a one in seven team. Nobody wants to do a podcast about a two in seven team. You know, it just becomes the same old, same old. Uh, you sound like you're complaining or belly aching or bitching and pissing and moaning about the same things week after week, and it gets really old after a while, you know. But we're all in on our teams, and that's the reason that I do this show 
A, and B, that's the reason that when I have guests on the show, they're people like Rashad. He's all in. One in seven, doesn't matter. He's still, he's still ride or die with Carolina, with the Panthers. That's his team. God bless him. And vice versa for me. Two and seven, I'm still here. Two and seven, I'm still watching the entire game, even though every week they seemingly make me want to bail, uh, you know, about halfway through the first quarter sometimes. But here I am for myself and for you and anyone who else is listening. So, yeah, so breaking news. We're wearing the goddamn orange helmets and jerseys on Thursday, and it's already just putting a bad taste uh, in my mouth. So not looking forward to it at all. You know, the good news is Thursday night is more than just about the football game for me. I'm uh, I'm uh, reuniting with an old friend from uh, from school. We go back to the sixth grade, he and I. And, um, yeah, I, uh, f- when I moved out into this, into Northwest Indiana, I remembered, uh, about a week or two ago that, uh, Hey, wait a minute. Didn't so-and-so tell me he lived in this area. So I reached out to him. Sure enough, I was right. He does live in the area and we chose Thursday as uh, a day to get together and hang out and see each other for the first time since I think our 10 year reunion. I knew he was there, uh, but I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's the last time I had a chance to talk to him. So it's been uh, been a while. So it'll be good to see him, and uh, he'll be a good distraction from what could take place on Thursday night football. So, yeah, this is the other thing that being a two and seven team does to you is uh, turns you into a pessimist. And you guys have heard me say it a thousand times so far this year. I just I just can't trust this team. We're playing a one and seven team, and we're favored probably for the first time all year. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm picking the Bears because why wouldn't I? In this situation, why wouldn't I? Okay, especially at, listen listen to me talk. Listen to me my conversation with with Rashad here coming up in a bit. Okay, and after listening to him, why wouldn't I pick the Bears to win this game? You know, it, it just seems like they're literally scraping guys off the street just to be able to play for all the injuries that the Panthers are suffering through right now, including their top pass rusher in Brian Burns. Sounds like he's not going to play on Thursday. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the kerfuffle that they got going on. I mean, good God, I'm looking at the injury report right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13 guys on the list. And this isn't even the guys that are on that are already on injured reserve. So it's 13 guys on the injury list plus however many are on injured reserve. And actually, that's part of our, our news and notes today. Unfortunately, um, Tariq Cohen, who has been on the uh, Carolina practice squad, I don't know if he'd been elevated to the main roster yet. But he did sign with Carolina as part of their practice squad. Unfortunately, his comeback has hit a snag because he just got put on IR the other day um, with a hamstring injury. So he's out at least the next four weeks. I don't know what this means for his uh, future in Carolina, if they'll 
And actually, when I was reading the articles, it wasn't clear to me whether or not he was on the roster or still on the practice squad. Like if he was still working his way back onto, you know, to be in a 53-man roster guy. But uh, nonetheless, he had a uh, he had a setback with uh, with a hamstring injury, and they put him on IR for the next four weeks, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, like I wish all I really did want to see him play on Thursday. That would have just been so awesome to see him back there. You know, to see like if he had a moment to come out onto the field so he could get his his love from the Bears fans because he was a beloved guy when he was here. Uh, in Chicago, it's just such an unfortunate situation that happened with him, especially with with how and when it happened. You know, suffering that knee injury on the punt return, something that he was a Pro Bowler for, and he did it like the week after he signed an extension worth about I don't know ten mil a season or something in that area. You know, signed up for at least three more seasons. Uh, and everything, and he's basically been out for what would have been the length that life, the life of that contract. I think this would have been the third and final year of that contract because I think 2020 was the final year of his rookie deal, and then it was a three-year extension. So yeah, 2021, 2022, 2023, he's still trying to recover or, or try to get back out on the field after suffering that injury, signing that extension. Uh, with the Bears it's just so unfortunate and I hope he bounces back and I hope he finds a way to get back back on the field and I hope it's with Carolina because he's from North Carolina that's his hometown team if you will and uh, it would be nice to see him uh, make a comeback and get himself back out on the field so even if he only does it for one game just so he can say he made it back you know honestly it's just it was just one of those guys that was just kind of struck him in like uh, Johnny Knox, you know. I mean, a far more tragic accident for Johnny Knox. Hell, the guy almost died, you know, or almost ended up paralyzed. The guy snapped his spine in uh, 90 degrees in the wrong direction, you know. But um, anyway, all the best uh, to Tariq. I hope he, uh, he can come back and, and find his way back out onto the uh, field. On our injury report, which is basically the remainder of our news and notes uh, section, the Bears designated three people for return from the injured reserve list, and those three people are defensive back Josh Blackwell, wide receiver Equinemia St. Brown, and, of course, running back Khalil Herbert. Uh, all three have been practicing. They're in their 21-day window uh, from, the, uh, from IR. Josh Blackwell has been a full participant in Monday and Tuesday's practices uh, coming off the hamstring injury. Equinemius, also a hamstring, has also been full participation. Khalil Herbert with the high ankle sprain, also full participation. Hopefully this means all three guys will play on Thursday. You know, uh, Deontay Foreman has been outstanding for us um, running the football and uh, it would be nice to uh, add Khalil Herbert to that. And uh, it seems like we'll finally have our running back room healthy again with Khalil Herbert uh, coming back off of, uh, off of IR. Otherwise, uh, Kari Blazengame has not practiced yet this week. Uh, he left Sunday's game with a concussion, so he's still in protocol 
right now. Uh, Jaquan Brisker has cleared concussion protocol, has been full go so far this week. Nate Davis still hasn't practiced yet with that ankle injury. Kind of makes you wonder why we didn't put him on IR. You know, this is, I think this is the fourth game if he does miss this game. Because he went out in the first quarter of week six, seven, eight, nine. This would be the fourth week. So I guess it would be next week that he'd be eligible to come back. But, um, but he hasn't, he's been on the roster this whole time, but he hasn't practiced once in the last month. So hopefully that will end soon. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, not a big surprise. If he missed Sunday's game with the knee injury, it's likely he'd miss Thursday's game as well. Has not yet practiced with that knee injury. Justin Fields is practicing, but he's still listed as limited on Monday and Tuesday. Cole Komet was didn't practice on Monday with the knee injury, but was full go today, so much to do about nothing, I suppose. Uh, Terrell Smith still listed as illness and has not practiced with the mono and Tyreek Stevenson. Turns out I was wrong uh, about Tyreek on Sunday. He did not get benched. He actually left the game with an ankle injury. So my apologies uh, to Tyreek, um, but it's still they are picking on him, and uh, he's he's learning his rookie his rookie lessons, um, you know, right now. Especially when you're on the other side of a guy like Jalen Johnson, they're going to pick on you. A if you're a rookie, and B if you're not the other guy. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of action. But he's been full participation this week with the ankle injury so seems like he'll be good to go on Thursday let's see did I miss anything oh yes and finally uh, Doug Kramer was released on over the weekend to make room for um, Braxton Jones so that he could play on Sunday against the Saints Uh, Kramer was placed on waivers and he was claimed today by the Arizona Cardinals this is the third Offensive lineman that has been placed on waivers uh, by Ryan Poles, a third draft pick as well, and uh, third one to be uh, claimed off of waivers. Uh, I know the other one was Zach Thomas. We had uh, Doug Kramer, and there was one other one who I'm forgetting uh, right now. But there have been three, three draft picks by Ryan Poles that he's placed on waivers that have been picked up uh, by other teams, but uh, so it looks like Doug Kramer might actually see the field, but unfortunately not in his hometown uh, uniform. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it for news and notes, and uh, I'm done for now. Belly aching about the orange uniforms. You'll hear me talk about it a bit more with uh, Rashad. But let's go ahead and and bring our friend Rashad Beard in from the Panther Nation podcast to help us preview Week Number Ten. Bears, Panthers, Thursday Night Football. Quick turnaround for our beloved Chicago Bears as we return home to Soldier Field after our loss in New Orleans yesterday uh, to uh, take on the Carolina Panthers and... uh, yeah, my uh, my guest today, um, Rashad Beard from the Panther Nation podcast. Rashad, my man, I don't think that uh, when we talk back in June about this pending, you know, Week Ten matchup, that uh, we'd be combined for three wins going into this thing. 
Yeah, uh, not not good. Um, I mean, I can go on a on a tirade about what's happening with the Carolina Panthers, uh, but I honestly don't have the answers, man. Um, you know, we were sold a bill of goods. Um, you know, coming to the season with this great coaching staff, um, and we thought we had some pieces to kind of make it work. Uh, but it appears that, you know, everything we've done to kind of set up Bryce, you know, for success has been all for naught. I mean, the offensive line is atrocious. I mean, Bryce literally has a second to throw the football. Um, and when he does have time, he tends to, you know, I guess he's kind of seeing ghosts uh, and, you know, anticipating pressure that's not there sometimes. And he's throwing picks. I mean, he had three three picks yesterday, two pick sixes. Um, so it, it's all bad across the board. You know, he had a great game going up against C.J. Stroud last week. Right. And we thought, you know, we're going to start to develop some momentum. Um, and that's just – it just has not happened. So, yeah, we got we got a lot of issues. I'm sure we can break them all down. Well, Ian, like you mentioned, um, when we talked over the, over the spring, it was like, yeah, man, the Bears might be lucky if we can get a top-10 pick out of this Bryce Young trade because you have – Bryce Young. You went out and got uh, Frank Reich. You got um, uh, McCown to be his quarterback coach, and uh, you know Miles Sanders uh, and and uh, Adam Thielen. So you've got experience uh, and everything uh, around him. And starting zero and six, you got the first win finally last week over the uh, Texans, and it took a buzzer beater field goal in order to uh, to do that. And then coming out this past uh, Sunday at home against the Colts. You know, what happened in the second quarter, man? Because I was recording my review show last night and I was looking at it. I was like, oh, the Colts are up 10 to 3. And then with the yeah. two minute warning, and then I come back, it's 20 to 3 at halftime. What happened in those last two minutes? Yeah, man, I was at the game. So I, I have to go back and review. Um, when I'm at the game, it's difficult to kind of break down everything. Sure, but sure. Basically, basically, yeah, basically what happened. Um, we had turnovers, man. We 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 threw pick, two pick sixes. Um, you know, and the I mean, bless our defense, man. I said it. I tweeted this a million times yesterday. Our defense. I mean, the 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 amount of injuries that we've been dealing with. We've been able. We were able to keep Jonathan Taylor and Moss under a hundred yards rushing, which nobody's been able to do. Um, we held. I think Minshew. I don't know the, the what it, what it ended with, but we held them to under two hundred yards passing. One twenty. Our defense did all they could. Yeah, yeah. So all. All our defense could do, they did all they had to do. Um, and, you know, our offense just could not, they could not get it going. We could, you know, we run the football with a little success. But, you know, it's just the offensive line, man. I, I don't know what they ended up with, how many sacks. But Bryce has been getting pounded, man. Um, the offensive line has just not been good. Uh, and, yeah, the turnovers, man. The pick sixes killed us. And, yeah, that, that pretty much it. They got the football back at the, at the, uh, after halftime. And that was, that was it, man. That was it. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the the stats for the game, seventeen first downs, uh, four for thirteen on third down. These are the Colts stats I'm reading off here. Um, a hundred and ninety nine, hundred ninety eight total yards on the day. Hundred twenty yeah. yards passing, seventy eight yards rushing. Yeah, and it was uh, yeah, and and that's considering. Um, think about this. I mean, no, we don't have. No J.C. Horn, no Von Bell, uh, no Shaq Thompson. Um, there's just, I mean, we were out without C.J. Henderson last night for the bulk of the game. Like, we're, we're the, our defense has been depleted. And to do that against the Colts who consistently put up points, all we had to do was just 
you know, just have a proficient offense, and this game would have been won. But when you stop them, you know, we the defense only gave up thirteen or fourteen, thirteen points. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. You know, everything else came from 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 our offense. Our offense gave them fourteen. Right. So you know, it's we the defense did what they had to do. Um. It's just our offense is just not good, man. They're just not good enough. It, and I don't know when it's gonna you know when it's gonna click. If it's gonna click this year, um. You know, you're welcome. That's all I can say for that <laughs> top five pick. It looks, it looks like that's going to happen. And I came on the show. You talked about it earlier. I came on your show, you know, before the season started and I said, there's no way, there's no way that this, this team is going to be, is going to hand you guys a top 10 pick. Right. And I was absolutely wrong. One thing about Rashad is I'm, I am, I will be the first to say, Hey, my bad. I was wrong. Um, and it looks like I was way off. I expected more from this coaching staff. I expected more from this offense, you know, shout out to Adam, Adam Thielen. He's like the only guy that stand out, uh, as far as, you know, uh, free agent ads. That's really been it. Everybody else has been a bust. Miles Sanders is not it. He's gotten he's gotten benched for all sorts of purposes. Chuba Hubbard has taken over. Uh, you know, DJ Chark hasn't done anything. He got a, a touchdown pass yesterday, but he hasn't done anything. Uh, you know, there's, there's just a bunch of guys out there. We have a bunch of mid guys out there, and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating because we're set back at least another two years until probably we get another coach. Right. It's, it's that bad. I, that's where my brain is right now. And you probably caught me at the worst time. The game just happened yesterday. You know, it ended at seven o'clock last night. Right. And I'm still kind of recovering from it. So it's and my voice is a little gone. But yeah, it's it's not it's uh, it sucks to be a Panthers fan right now. Yeah, I it mean, really does. I'm I'm sure, man. I mean, it's it's not much better uh, being a a Bears fan. I mean, there's there's one thing to um to just not be what you thought you were going to be, and then then there's the Bears, be who aren't what we thought they were going to be, and it's just – and it's it's so much worse than we thought uh, it was going to be. I mean, I I was in – I mean, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I just expected it to be better than it was last year. 3-14, and 14, worst record in the league. How can it get much worse? Well, first four weeks of the season, that answer – that question was answered heartily. You know, with the first we get smacked around by the Packers, who have only won two games since then. Uh, we get embarrassed by by Tampa Bay wearing the worst uniforms in football, the orange helmets and the orange jerseys. We get absolutely rolled in Kansas City while Taylor Swift is in the crowd. And then we go up 28-7 to on the Broncos and blow that lead to the Broncos, who scored, who yeah. gave up 70 the week before to the Dolphins. That was the first month of the season for us, man. It was just like pulling your hair out. And then out of nowhere... We absolutely smashed the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. It's like, well, where the hell did this come from? You know, and then we yeah. go out, and the very next week, much like this game for you guys uh, against the Colts, we had a very similar thing with the uh, Vikings. The very next week, 10 days rest, here we are coming off uh, our first win of the season against a team that's also 1-4. and four. Our defense is shows up for the second week in a row. They play well. They only gave up, you know, 12 points, but offense gave a strip sack, scoop and score, and that was the difference in the game. Our defense actually showed up, shut down Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Granted, that was their first game without Justin Jefferson, which was a huge help, but, you know, Justin, Je- uh, you know, Kirk Cousins was throwing for like 350 against everybody, barely broke 200 if he did. Uh, against the Bears in that game, held that offense 
the 12 points and we still lost the game because the offense was giving out points uh, that day. So, I mean, it's yeah. just been an absolute roller coaster. We lose Justin Fields, and then a week later, we have a Division two undrafted rookie starting against the Raiders. Everybody's expecting the worst, and then we win. 30 to 12, we <laughs> smacked the Raiders around. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, okay, so then we're going to show up against the Chargers, right? National TV? Nope. Most embarrassing loss of the season. It was just, that's what it's been like. Up and down, up and down, up and down. At least it's been consistent. You guys are fighting through it. You're trying to grow uh, as a team and everything. The Bears are another story. I mean, and Matt Eberflus, he's gotten fired four times as far as the fan base uh, is concerned. And after yesterday's uh, loss. Uh, the only thing probably saving him is that we have a game on Thursday and we don't have time to transition to a new coach. Yeah. That, that's tough. I, listen, I, I think that for Bears fans, at least you have, you're going to have two top 10 picks, most likely. Top five picks. I mean, the way things are going for you guys and you end up being bad. Right. At least you have some hope with the picks because I can guarantee you we're not, we're not coming back from this. We're, we're going to be bad probably be bad for the rest of the year. So you're going to have a top pick, maybe number one overall potentially, uh, to kind of rebuild from. And so there's hope for you guys. Right. Us, on the other hand, we have, you know, we don't have any uh, a first-round pick next year. We only have, I think, like five picks going into next year. Uh, we have a second, third, fourth, and a couple of fifths, I believe. Uh, but that's really it. We don't have much. And we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of free agents tied up. Uh, some of the guys that we signed for the last, uh, in the last offseason are here for the next three years, and they haven't done anything. So, it's just man, it's just, it's bad. It's it, it's bad uh, for the Carolina Panthers right now, um, and you know we we are not who we thought we were going to be, um, especially the way we finished the season last year. And a lot of people are, are not happy. Uh, we you know we went on that that streak, the win streak last year to end the season, and almost won the division uh, with Steve Wilkes. And uh, you know for us not to hire him, um, and 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 now we're back pretty much in the same boat we were before we. Uh, before Steve Wilkes was named interim, it's just not man. It's it's, it's all bad. It's all bad around here, uh, and and um, yeah, I, I don't know if Reich. Is, I don't if it goes like this. I don't know if Reich is gonna make it out of this season. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what the. I don't know what the answers are, man. It's, it's frustrating. I can tell you that. Well, I was wondering about uh, you know Bryce Young, and, and you you mentioned it at the top there about you know sometimes he might be seeing ghosts because of the offensive uh, line. I noted that he was that he missed a game or two with an injury, was that just he got hurt or yeah. was it the NFL's, you know, confirmed fear of um, him being the NFL equivalent of 500, five, five foot nothing and a hundred and nothing? Well, I think, no, he, he had an ankle, uh, ankle injury. He got okay. rolled up on. Uh, that was, a, it was a legit, he missed the sure, game. Sure. Um, listen, you can talk about his size uh, and talk about how small he is, but he outlasted Anthony Richardson, who was built like a tank. Yes. Um, so, I mean, you know, you can talk about that. I, I mean, that's, it's easy to talk about the size. And I think he, size-wise, it's, it's not a thing, man. He's, he's, he's playing okay, or he was playing okay until yesterday. Um, yesterday was one, it, it by far was his worst game. Um, he did, again, and I think it really boils down to this. Bryce Young is a talented quarterback. Let's not, let's not get that twisted. It's not, it's not looking good. Right. Uh, but he had in front of him one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. They are bad. Icky, who we drafted, Ikemi Kwanu, we drafted a couple years ago, top 10. He is having a horrendous, horrendous season. Um, he's getting Bryce killed. Bryce doesn't have time to process anything. Our offense, you know, Frank Reich, uh, who was calling plays through week six, turned it over. 
um, after uh, after well, we turned it over week seven or week eight against the te- last week against the Texans. We thought we were getting some things going with Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown again, offense looked a little better. We saw some things, you know, a little tweaks in the offense. We weren't having some of the clock issues. We're pushing the football downfield. And, you know, our offense is just, it's just not it. I mean, it doesn't matter who's calling plays. We're, it's like we're square peg round holding this offensive line. Last year, when Steve Wilkes took over, we were a power run, mano y mano, you beat your man, and we're going to, we're going to do this thing. We had Foreman last year. Foreman was a complete monster, um, and we, he was great. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to the zone read scheme where these guys don't know who to block. They're, they're picking the wrong guys. It's just not. It's just not good. It's a square peg round hole that we're trying to force these guys into it, and we just don't have the personnel. We don't have the personnel to run the type of offense. We're not putting our guys in the best position to see, and that's what's hampering the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young right uh, right now. I think that this offense is very predictable. You know, if defenses can pin their ears back, get to Bryce Young within two seconds, so they're just they're jumping everything right. Your corners can sit on everything because they know we're we're not going to push the football downfield. We're not even tossing things up. Like, we're not even just saying, hey, you know what, just go get it. Somebody go get it. Nobody's winning. The receivers aren't winning. And so it's very predictable. This is why you have three picks and guys are picking off screens because Bryce has thrown picks on a couple of screens because guys are just sitting on stuff because they know we're not pushing the football. So it's very predictable football. And it's easy, it's easy to win. It's easy to beat Carolina, man. You just, I mean, the, the Texans were probably, I've seen some of the most disrespectful, uh, defense I've seen in my life. I mean, single high safety. They don't, they, they were just daring our guys to win. And we, we, we did last week, but this week we just couldn't win. Nobody could win. So it, it's bad. It's bad. It's all bad. We don't have any skill positions. They all sat, stuff their mid. And that's just the way it is, man. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm frustrated. I'm rambling a little bit, but yeah. Not no, no. Right. I get it. I mean, it's it's definitely the, the frustration is definitely uh, coming through, which is a good and a bad thing. Bad that you're going through it, but you know, good that it's that you can tell you care, man. And that's you know, that's that's what makes this tough. When especially when you're yeah. somebody like us, we're content creators. We're supposed to be out there talking about our team, and and when it's not exactly our job to pump them up or anything, but nobody wants to do a show about a one and seven team. Nobody wants to do a show about right. a two. Uh, and seven team because you know frankly dude shit gets old after a while it's like okay what went wrong this time and is it the same old stuff or is your team exciting and they like to keep it fresh and new like the bears where they just you know like to reinvent ways to lose football games or or how uh they lose games and create you know come up with creative ways to uh you know to to embarrass you as a fan uh on a week-to-week uh basis like having you know the the swifties become nfl fans on your back uh, in that forty-one right. to ten, bro, forty-one to ten, and it was forty-one to three before a semi-concussed Justin Fields came back in the game and threw a garbage touchdown pass to DJ Moore, his first of the year, by the way. So that's how we got to celebrate DJ Moore scoring his first touchdown was in front of about two thousand fans in Arrowhead because the game was way over uh, at that point. But you know, it, it's it's one of those things. You know, I've been doing this show since two thousand. Seven, which was the year after they went to their last Super Bowl. And since then, I've had three playoff seasons. And the third one was that 2020 uh, season where they kind of backed their way into the playoffs because everyone around them kept losing. So, yeah, that's <laughs> – I know exactly how you feel, man. I mean, and I've had a, def- yeah. uh, a few episodes 
where I've had to put the parental advisory tag uh, on them just because I couldn't I couldn't hold back anymore. Generally, you want to keep a show that's you know safe for work, if you will. But sometimes right, when right. they play the way they play, you just you just got to let it fly because you make number one, it makes you feel better, uh, and number two, you're really just getting how you feel out there. But suffering through a season like this, it can get old really fast. And the bad news is we got eight nine more games of this to go. So. Yeah, long season. The good news is that I do a lot of draft content, so I'm kind of turning into draft mode prospect, scouting these prospects. So there you go. Yeah, man, it, it, it's tough. It's tough for the Panthers, man. It's, it's tough right now, man. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it's my team. You know, I'm going to go down with the ship, but it, it, it's tough. It's tough. We haven't had much success since uh, this. our new owner took over the team. Um, I, we haven't had a winning season uh, with him in place, and he keeps making these. I mean, I, I credit him for trying to put together that staff. Uh, the staff on paper was solid, but, you know, there's some guys that we missed out on that did, did not want to come coach here. Um, and, and, you know, you can kind of you can kind of see why, um, and, and I, I get it. Uh, so it sucks. Just, it, we're, we're in a tough spot. Tough spot. So, and, and I hear, just to add uh, insult to injury, that uh, Brian Burns is in concussion protocol, which when you're playing yeah. in a short window is not a very good, yep. not good at all. So I yeah, mean, yeah. So Brian Burns, add him to the list. Um, Brian Burns is going is on, in concussion protocol. Also, CJ Henderson is in concussion protocol. Uh, so that's two starters. Uh, add those to the list uh, of guys that um, will probably not play. I mean, we've got. I mean, and, and bless them, but they if there's been a, um, a a a bright spot for the Carolina Panthers, it's been Ezero Evero and his defense. Man, they we are depleted. I mean, the list of guys on IR right now on the defense side of football is, is growing, and uh, they've been performing pretty well. So I, 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 as much as it sucks to say Brian Burns is not probably not going to play, C.J. Henderson is probably not going to play, a lot of guys are probably not going to play, but they've still been able to you know, kind of man up and, and, and do what they have to do with next man up. So uh, Frankie Louvu has been playing out of his mind. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but, I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, I think he's had, what, a couple 10-plus sacks. Not, sorry, not that tackles uh, game, and uh, he's been playing very well. Uh, he is a bright spot on the defense. And, and you know, listen, it's, after that, it, we're just a bunch of guys out there. Derek Brown is a monster. He's been playing well. Shots up. You know, the guys up front have been playing solid. But once you get into the secondary, we've got a, a bunch of just guys right there. Mm-hmm. Um, we got guys that, that are on the practice squad, special teams aces that are out there playing okay. And so I, I give them, I give them all the credit in the world. For defense, they've they've been doing it. Uh, consider, all things considered, and so hopefully they'll just come out and continue to do what they've been doing without Brian Burns, CJ Henderson, and company. Yeah, your your DC was the guy the Broncos weren't smart enough to hang on to, and now look at what they did uh, since he's been since he's been gone. You know, a seventy burger from the from the the Dolphins. Uh, you know, not too long ago, and I think it's just now that that defense is finally kind of figuring it uh, out, holding the Chiefs to nine points last week, and uh, and things like that, and and. The unfortunate thing about, you know, number one, he did really well with the Broncos, and now he's doing well with what he's got in in Carolina, is that, you know, seeing him perform consistently like that, this might be a guy somebody tries to to snipe as a as a yeah. head coach next year. So it's yep. like the hits just keep on coming That's uh, for that. One. No, go ahead. My, my fault. No, no, no. I, you know, that, I was done. It was, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I think yeah, that that absolutely is something that's probably going to happen. Um, you know, he he's, if you really take a look, and I know we're probably going to be flying under the radar just because uh, we're not. We're only going to have probably maybe two three wins in the season. But it, it listen, he has he has been the bright spot, and I'm quite sure he's going to be getting the calls. He's going to be getting those calls. He were get, I think he was getting them last year, and I, I don't know what they you know what they did to entice him. And he got actually got the offer, or not the offer, but he got an interview to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm almost willing to say, hey man, dump Reich and, and promote him as um, mm-hmm. head coach because he's he's even killed. Um, he's been playing. He's he, he he is the bright spot. Ezero Ezero has done great things, all things considered, man. It's just been a lot of bad things uh, injury wise that happened to this defense, and he's just continued to play well, man. I mean, you talk about just to go down this list real quick: Zach Thompson on IR. J.C. Horn on IR, Yitoro Gosmatos on IR, Marquise Haynes Sr. on IR, Jeremy Chin on IR, uh, Henry Anderson on IR, Brian Burns now hurt. I mean, you know, C.J. Henderson now hurt. I mean, these. I mean, God, we we are. This is literally a second string defense uh, that has been playing pretty darn well. So, yeah. got to give them all the credit. In the- yeah, first thing to do is uh, fire your training staff. Uh, you do can't keep these guys healthy the and on the field. That's just the defensive side, man. Right. That didn't even talk. We talking about the offense. We're missing Brady, Brady Christensen, who's our starting left guard. Uh, we missed we missed him. Um, you know, start at the start of the season. He's gone for the season. So it's just a lot, man. It's a lot. A lot we're dealing with over here, man. Right. Yeah. And um, why do you think Steve Wilkes didn't get the the job? Was it still the the stink <sighs> from his one season? Uh, in Arizona, or you know, what what do what do you think it was? Because from a guy to go, because because la- last year it was not pretty with um, what's his name Rule uh, in the beginning of yeah, the season, the last game with him as head coach, you get absolutely rolled by the Forty ers in your own building. He's gone after that, and then you know you you guys come out and you make a run at the at the division, almost go to the playoffs and look good doing it. So it wasn't. Just the combination of the the division being weak, and that's why we have a chance. Y'all might have been somebody to worry about when you get to the playoffs, especially since defense and running the ball is what wins you games in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's and that's the frustrating part because I was a guy. You know, when you talk about uh, Will, I think there's a, a a ceiling. And this is just my opinion. There's a ceiling on defensive coaches, right? When you right. have a defensive coach as a head coach. They're only going to take you so far. Like I think their 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 style of coaching is generally conservative. You don't see from an offensive standpoint, you know those type of uh, you know those type of guys put up numbers from the offensive standpoint. And this is offensive lead. So I feel like personally, Tepper wanted to get an offensive guy in. Carolina Panthers had never in our history had an offensive minded head coach until this year, right? And obviously that hasn't proven to, to, to be successful uh, as it stands right now, but. It, it was a turning of the page, kind of getting the offensive mind in here. And that's what I thought he, he was trying to do, is to kind of turn the page, get some, get a new a new quarterback in here, and, uh, and and kind of see what the offensive mind can do. Now, the thing that Wilkes did last year is he brought identity to the team. Steve Wilkes is a Carolina guy. Like, he was on, you know, Rivera's coaching staff. That's when Rivera was here. So mm-hmm. that's why Steve Wilkes was brought here initially to kind of bring back some of that identity. And that's what he did. We were a tough, tough football team. I mean, I go back to that Detroit game when I talk about Will's tenure. Yeah. When Detroit came here and put up 300 and something yards on the ground, bro, people knew what we were going to do. 
and they could not stop it. Right. We were a run first team and people could not stop it, bro. They just couldn't. And we thought we were going to get some of that. And that's how this offensive line is built. This offensive line was built to be a power run team. And now you, you, you know, you bring in a new staff that, that, that the new staff wants to do something different with the offensive line. They're not playing to their strength. That strength is a power run. Now we look going to this little finesse, this zone read, and it's just not working out. So square, going back to the square peg round hole thing. That's, it's just, we're not putting our guys in the best position to succeed. But going back to Wilkes, it was all identity, man. He brought us, he brought an identity here with a power run. And it didn't work out in the end. I think he didn't get hired because of the Tampa game, where the, essentially the division was on the line and he didn't beat Tampa. If we would have beat Tampa, we would have had the division and, uh, he lost that game. So I think Wilkes, I'm, excuse me, I think Pepper decided to move on from that just because he didn't think he can win the big one. And now we can't even win the small one. So right. it, just, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a, quite a statement. And I'm trying to roll back. It's not a long history that you guys have, but I'm thinking Dom Capers, John Fox, George Seifert, Ron Rivera. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple in there somewhere. But No, that's really about it. That's yeah. You, you kind of got the, the big one. You know, and those are – I was thinking George Seifert was a, an offensive guy because he was from San Francisco. It's was like, no, he was Bill Walsh's defensive nope. coordinator. So – no, that falls right in line. It's like, yeah, every one of those guys is a defensive-minded uh, coach. Yep, never never had an uh, offensive mind until this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, would, was Matt Rule? He was an offensive guy, though, but he was a, a college guy, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Matt Rule, I don't give him. He, he's a college guy. He, didn't, he, never, he didn't have a specialty. He wasn't right. an offense nor a defensive guy. He's kind see. of a guy. That's why that failed. So okay. he he doesn't count as a, to me uh, he doesn't count. He was like a tight end coach, uh, offensive line coach, but I don't really. He was never a coordinator, um, so I don't give him that uh, that credit of being an offensive mind. Right, kind of be like a like a, a John Harbaugh who was a special teams coach when he got the head exactly. job at uh, exactly. Baltimore. Yeah, well, at least he was a coordinator though. Like yeah. Matt Rule was never a coordinator of anything. Right, he just so. uh, just kind of. I guess there's just kind of a guy that kind of struck while the iron was hot. First, he was he was hot at Temple, then caught fire at Baylor. And the next thing you know, he's got a seven eight year deal with the the Panthers for insane money. Yeah, one of the worst things that ever happened to the franchise was hiring that move. Right now, the worst he set us back so far uh, with the moves we made at quarterback, trying to figure it out. It, it's yeah, it's one of the worst decisions ever to bring him in. Yeah, trust me, I I know how that goes because the the Bears. You know, drafted Mitch Trubisky in the same draft where Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes existed, and then we spent yeah. the last five seasons trying to figure that out, bringing in Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and uh, all that kind of stuff. We draft Justin Fields, but we stuck him with Nagy for his first year, so he basically just took a beating uh, for the first season. And uh, now we're still trying yeah, to I, figure I, it out. So, yeah, I think your your history is playing kind of to what we're doing, what we're going through right now. I think. You, you talk about trading up to get your guy Trubisky and all that, and, and I think we're starting to see that exact same thing play out um, here in Carolina because you, you're going to set yourself back. You're not going to have picks for a couple of years, uh, so you can't really build the team properly. And then you, when you go back and you talk about Fields and you know dealing with he dealt what he dealt with, I think you could see Bryce Young go through a similar thing in that hey, if Wright doesn't get it right, I, I'm quite sure Tepper. I don't think he has the patience to kind of sit around and wait. I think he could can right after one year. Uh, things go really, really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's 
it's slim, but I think it could happen. Um, and, and, you know, we could see the same kind of, kind of situation here. I think kind of history is repeat, repeating itself with the, with the Panthers uh, in regard to the Bears. And you think, obviously, the GM's got to go with him. He's the one that made this deal in the first place. Bro, that's part of the problem. Like, the, our GM, we, we have not brought our, a GM and coach in at the same time. It all, start, it all goes back to when we had Ron Rivera. We had Ron Rivera. We fired Ron Rivera, but kept his GM, so Marty Herney. We kept Marty Herney. He then had say into who the, the, the head coach hire was. They hired Matt Rule. Then Herney gets fired. We bring in uh, Scott Fitter. Scott Fitter is now here. We fire Matt Rule, and now we bring in Frank Wright and pair him with Scott Fitter. So we have not cleaned the entire – and that's part of the problem, right? We, we, have, we have guys working with guys who they didn't choose, right? So the synergy isn't there from jump. Yeah. So now, um, you know, we're going to be in a situation where if something happens, you're right, I hope we get rid of both of them, clean house, Right, maybe keep some of the coordinators, promote them up, but clean the whole leadership in regards to GM, um, or at least we have Dan Morgan. I think Dan Morgan, he's assistant GM. At least let you know promote within and let him stay around, um, and you know because he comes from that Bill Street. Maybe you kind of kind of work back from that. But yeah, I don't know. But you're, you're right that, that it all go, goes back to that. We got to clean house, start clean, um, and and uh, start from scratch. So who is going to be playing on on Thursday? No, no, no Brian Burns. You got you, you know you're pulling guys off the street to put a roster together on on defense, even though your DC is performing magic with those guys. But who do the Bears have to worry about on Thursday? Yeah, the, I mean defensively, you got to worry about Frankie Louvu. Like he's an outside linebacker, kind of inside linebacker hybrid type. Uh, very very active. He plays with a lot of energy. He's all over the place. Uh, so he's a guy you're definitely going to look out for. Um, you know, we've got DJ Johnson who we got in the third round this year. A lot of Panthers fans weren't feeling that pick. He has, you know, come along very, very, very slowly. Uh, so he's going to get to start um, opposite. Well, well, now he's going to – I don't know who's going to be playing uh, in Brian Burns' role. Probably Amari Barno who we drafted a couple of years ago. Kind of a speed guy. Um, really hasn't developed the way we thought he would be. He's athletic but isn't quite getting there. So it'll, you'll probably be seeing Amari Barno and DJ Johnson start uh, at the, you know, at the edge rusher. Frankie Louvre will be inside with Deion Jones and Kamu Grugier-Hill, who's been playing pretty well uh, as an interior linebacker as well. Uh, inside, we got Derek Brown, Scott Tuttle, uh, Deshaun Williams. Those guys are formidable up front. You know, the three, we play a 3-4 defense. So those guys are formidable. It's going to be tough. Uh, man, our cornerbacks, bro, I couldn't, I, I mean, David Long, who we just brought in, uh man, you know, Xavier Woods, he's going to be a star. He's, he's back healthy now. Von Bell might be back uh, at playing a strong safety. He's been out for uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, Dante Jackson's going to be playing, having an okay season. had a really good game against the Texans. Not so much yet. I mean, he had a solid game yesterday as well. Uh, but Dante Jackson's pretty solid. And Troy Hill at nickel. So I, I think, you know, it, it's, they're going to they're gonna play well. They're going to play hard. I think they'll, you know, do what they need to do to make some stops. They're going to play. We play like a bend but don't break style of defense. So you may move the football, but good luck trying to get seven. And that's what we, that's what we, you know, kind of hang our hat on. Sure. Uh, bend but don't break. So, uh, I think that's what you'll see. They'll be tough. They'll, even without Burns, they'll be tough, man. Um, but, again, will they do enough to win the game with the offense playing the way they play? We don't. We just have not played complimentary football. We have not played it all season. Haven't seen complimentary football here in Carolina since probably 
man, 2017, uh, where you, you got, you got two both sides playing well. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, yeah. So depending on how the offense plays, and how they show up, defense do their part, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to see offensively, man. I, it's, it's not good. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you as far as the defense was concerned because we can't put what happened yesterday on the defense because we turned the ball over five times yesterday, three times in the fourth quarter. And, you know, there's only so much a defense can do when they're constantly on the short side of the field. They put a stat on the board um, in in the game where they said that um, there have been 29 plays run so far in the fourth quarter. Every one of them has been on the Bears' side of the field which is yeah. no bueno. And it's a miracle, in my opinion, that only seven points scored, which I guess is a, is a nod to the defense. They only gave up seven points when the entire quarter was played on their half uh, of the field. Uh, and, you know, and, but this is also a defense that two weeks ago got run off the field by Justin Herbert uh, and the Chargers. And then the week before that, the one that, that uh, you know, kept Josh Jacobs to less than 30 yards – rushing him. I don't know we were going up against Brian Hoyer, so big deal, but Devontae Adams was a non-factor in the game and uh and so on, but you know, it's just it's 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 a it's a mixed bag. You don't know what to expect from the defense and it's like wa- watching the Bears play defense is like watching, you know, that rule of, you know, sometimes in the NFL it's all about matchups. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense that one team is always able to beat another. For some reason, this team's always got this other one's kind of number. That's what it's like yep. watching the Bears play defense. One week, we got the matchups, we got it done, uh, and all that kind of stuff. The next week, it's like we've never played football together before. It's like these guys literally just got together before we kicked it off. They don't even know each other's names, and they're out there playing defense <laughs> together. That's what it's like watching the Bears play play defense, because sometimes it's like, damn, the 85 Bears got something to learn from these dudes, and then a the week later, it's like, oh, man. I was like, me and, and 10 of my closest friends could score a touchdown on this defense. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, uh, you know, that roller coaster of watching them go uh, up and down, which I'm sure is what's like watching you guys play offense these days. Like sometimes, yeah, like yeah. When, you, when you score 14 right out of the gate on the Dolphins, it's like, yeah, here we go. And then, yeah. you know, the following week you barely score, you know, 13 points against the uh, Colts. You know, it's just like it's such an up and down thing watching these units do what they do. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You never know what you're going to get with, with the Panthers and the offense. I have no clue. They want to try to run the football, but we have not been able to do it, which is so weird to me. It's so weird to me, bro. Like, we go from this power run. We're able to run it down anybody's throat uh, last year. And with basically the same, I mean, we've got four of the five guys, uh, four of the, uh, five guys from last year on the offensive line. It's, it's the same guy. And we cannot run the football. It is, it is mind-blowing to me. I, I mean, I, mean, I get it from a team standpoint; it, it's different. But all you got to do is go back to the film from last year. Go back to the film from last year, man. Employ some of that stuff. Don't think, don't overthink this. But we cannot run. We're probably one of the worst rushing football teams in the league, and it's it, it's mind blowing. I mean, I know De- Deontay Foreman. I don't know how he's doing over there with you guys, but Deontay Foreman was was really good with us. But I know he's not the linchpin behind why that run game was there. We were winning up front. Um, and we're just not doing it this year. So, again, it's just mind-blowing to me. You know, and again, I, I know I said this earlier, but thank goodness for Adam Thielen, dude, because, you know, it looks bad now, but with, if we didn't have Adam Thielen on this roster, Bryce Young would be – he probably wouldn't be playing right now. He, they would probably bench him because nobody else can get – nobody else can get open. They would probably just save him, save him from himself. 
Right. Because Adam Thielen, he's 30, he's 33, 30, something like that. He's up in his, up there in his age, right? And uh, he is playing like he was playing with, you know, back in the Vikings in his heyday, in his prime. Mm-hmm. Like, he's playing very, very well. He's the only guy to get open. He's the only guy that has reliable hands. Uh, so you got to watch Adam Thielen on offense, right? So Shuba Hubbard is our starting running back now. He's been playing okay. He runs with, uh, he, he runs with, uh, you know, he, he runs, he's a very decisive runner. He runs with power. Um, and yeah, so watch him, keep an eye on him. Outside of that, I've got nothing. I've got nothing, nobody else for you to watch. I don't know who's going to show up, but yeah, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. Let me tell you about Deontay Foreman, man. He has been a revelation these last three, four weeks, uh, for us because inexplicably and, and, and especially watching him play now, I cannot figure out how it was. He was on the day one roster. When we played the Packers, he got a couple of carries in that game, and then he was a healthy scratch for the next four weeks. He was inactive for the next four games. I have, and then he finally plays. It was either against the Vikings or it was the Vikings was when, um, because we lost um, we lost Roshan Johnson and uh, Khalil Herbert to injuries in the Washington game on Thursday night. So ten days later against the Vikings. He's only playing because he absolutely has to. We had zero running backs healthy by the end of that Washington Commanders game because even Travis Homer, our special teams guy, went out of that game uh, as well. It's like we had our fullback, Corey Blazingame, trying to trying to ice the game in the fourth quarter, going three yards in a cloud of dust uh, and everything at the end, trying to get the game over with uh, and everything. But he comes out against the Vikings. He's running all over them. He had three touchdowns. Uh, against the uh, Raiders. Uh, he was the only guy that knew how to run the ball last week against the Chargers. And then yesterday, 83 yards on 20 carries uh, against the Saints. And, and I said in my, uh, in my preview game to the, uh, for the Vikings, where it's just like he's going to play because he has to, I was like, do everything that you can to make them look like complete morons for leaving you as a healthy scratch for the last four weeks. It's like play like you want them to. Like that, you want to give them a tough decision when Roshan and Khalil Herbert are healthy again, because n- no way we put him back on the, no way he goes back to being a healthy scratch after the way he's played for the last month, and you know he's yeah. just run the ball so well. And here's the other thing about it: he should have more yards than he's got because he's had about four or five, if not more, ten, fifteen, twenty yard runs ruined by holding penalties. The guy has had the worst luck uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. And and let me ask you: Was this a, was epidemic with him? Was that there have also been like three or four times, including at least twice yesterday against the Saints, where he was one step away from getting away, like breaking free, and somebody comes in with an ankle tackle and break and and catches him. Like it happened twice yeah. yesterday. It's happened like four or five times in the time that he's been playing. Where it's like if he gets past that one dude, he's off to the races, and that one dude always gets that shoelace tackle and brings him down. Yeah, we you've kind of seen that with him with, uh, with here in Carolina, but you know it's kind of it's kind of crazy you say that uh, with with Foreman because we went through a similar thing with him when uh when we had him before CMC uh, was traded. You know we had this guy sitting here and never used him. Right. As soon as CMC traded, then Foreman get hit. like it's like we had this guy the whole time like he's out here balling. Like I I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's a practice thing. Maybe yeah, he just doesn't I was practice well. Just thinking that it's like yeah. he must just be a lousy yeah. practice player or something, or maybe he's just loafing in practice because it's practice. Maybe he's like AI man. This we talk about practice. We 
talking about practice. practice yeah, like, yeah, he don't care about practice. We don't even have pads on. I don't care. And then it's like, well, while you're not caring, enjoy watching the game from the sidelines and street clothes, bro. But you know, throw him out there when he absolutely has to be, and the guy's a beast. It's like I don't know how you keep him out of the fifty-three or the day or you know the day daytime roster when uh, when this comes about. So it's it's going to be a tough call for the Bears to make. For so. sure, yeah, yeah, he's he's solid, man. I, I like Foreman a lot, and you know what's crazy is we, you know, we paid Miles Sanders a lot of money. Uh, now he's getting benched, and we could have we could have had Foreman still right here in Carolina and got that, you know, kept the group, you know, Cuba and, and Foreman together, who was who did a lot of damage last year. So it's unfortunate. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda uh, with the Panthers right now. You can you can count these missed stuff. It's starting to pile up with us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate when when it when it happens. Uh, that way and and the only thing then worse than uh, you know trading the number one pick and not having one next year is watching the Bears do nothing with it so that's uh, hopefully we don't make that mistake and then you know if it ends up being a top five we can parlay that into like Marvin Harrison Jr. or something like that because I don't want to hear anything about Caleb Williams or Drake May I think we have our quarterback we just need to protect the guy and we also need to get rid of yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what what are your thoughts on fields, man? Like I, I think we talked about it last time. Is, is it, has it changed any? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I'm Fields is still my guy, and it's just that our offensive coordinator is is out to get him killed. Uh, absolutely out to get him killed. Number one, you heard me mention ago, a semi concussed Justin Fields came back into the game against the Chiefs. Like, dude, we're down thirty eight. This game is over. There's six minutes to go. Why is he coming back into the? Why isn't he bolted to the bench? Right now, it was like we don't win. He was thrown back out there. You know, he can count to four, so let him go back out there and you know wings a, a, a meaningless touchdown to uh, you know to DJ Moore. Congratulations! And then four days, uh, then then the following week, our offensive line for the first time all year blocks in pass protection. They actually give him a pocket so that he can step into his throw, so he's not throwing off his back foot or roll into his right or left or anything to avoid the rush and he throws for 350 uh, against the and four touchdowns no picks uh well actually he threw a pick right at the end against the Broncos and then the following week the offensive line does it again we throw the run game in on top of it and we run the commanders off the field like they had no business being out there with us first play of the game against the Vikings against the team that blitzes knowingly anywhere from 60 to 80% of the time. Okay, Brian Flores is not trying to fool anybody. He's bringing the house right now. He's not going to give your quarterback time to read anything. First play of the game, of course, the Bears go empty. Okay, so we got no back to protect him. Okay, and we've got a guy that's already coming free. You can just see it at the line of scrimmage. There's a guy that's going to come free. Do we audible out of that? Do we, you know, anything? Nope. And when you talk to, to Luke Getze after the game, he puts it all on Justin. Justin knows he has to get rid of the ball. He knows he has to get. How about we not put Justin in that position? You know, maybe shift the formation to put a tight end over that guy, something. You know, nope, absolutely not. We're just, you know, we knew. And and, and then and, and that's where our offense struggled. After having like 800 yards combined in the previous two games, we barely had 200 and Justin busted up his thumb and left the game early uh, because of it. It's just like, you know, we, we, it's, it's inexplicable, man. 
It re- really is. And I know that the NFL is one of those where it's up to the player to make the plays uh, kind of thing, but it's just ridiculous um, that you would put Fields in that position. And, of course, he got sacked on the very first play, got murdered from behind because the guy wasn't open yeah. when he was supposed to be at the line at the line of scrimmage, and they put it on Justin. That's on him. He's got rid of the ball. Throw it to who, man? Everybody was covered one second after the snap of the ball. The guy came in free, just came in and just rolled him uh, on the first play. It's like, and somehow that's on fields. Okay, or how about we just don't put him in that spot? Maybe not go empty on the first play of the game against a team that blitzes anywhere from three to four out of every five plays. You know, it's like we played against yeah, okay. the Vikings like we had no idea that they blitzed it on, on a regular basis. We went out there like being surprised that the Vikings were bringing that much pressure. It was yeah, it was a lot crazy. of it sounds familiar, man. Putting your quarterback in the in the best position to succeed. It's just like, why are you doing some of this stuff? It sounds really, really familiar. <laughs> uh, we're kind of damaging Christ right now, too. It's the same thing. Yeah, same and stuff. It's, it's cost us the last four weeks without our starting quarterback. And granted, Tyson Bajan has played well, thank God. And we were able to get a win over over the Raiders out of it. But the last two weeks, he's been a rookie doing rookie things. He threw a couple of picks last week against the Chargers, he threw three yesterday uh, against the uh, against the Saints uh, and everything. And hopefully, Fields practiced for the first time last Friday. He was limited, but he practiced, and everyone's kind of hoping that that means that uh, he'll be able to go on Thursday uh, against you guys. So we'll have to uh, to wait and see on that. And if the offensive line plays like they did yesterday, he's going to have all day to throw the ball. So. Um, that 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 makeshift secondary of yours is going to have to be on top of it to uh, to slow him down if he's got all day to find DJ Moore and Darno Mooney and all those kind of guys running around back there. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially if we're not going to have you know any premier pass rushes out there too. Uh, I, I I assume we're going to struggle uh, defensively, especially if we don't get to uh, get to quarterback. So doesn't matter who's playing back there. You got to put some pressure on them. Hopefully, we can generate that. Hasn't been there really. Even with Burns, they kind of just double burns, get him out, uh, and nobody else is kind of, uh, you know, stepping up. So, yeah, those you know, are... Burns can't do it by himself, and now that he's out, you know, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see who steps up. Yeah, you just, uh, you just uh, you know, recalled the Khalil Mack era of the Chicago Bears where we got this premier pass rusher, you know, gave up two firsts and a third to bring him in, and, uh, you know, he's got nobody on the other side taking up double teams or taking advantage of the double teams that he's facing. You know, we had a number, we had a first round pick, Leonard Floyd on the other side who had seven sacks, eight sacks, his first two years. And then we get Khalil Mack on the other side, which should have absolutely opened things up for him. One-on-one matchups and everything. He had three sacks the first year to the second season. It's like, I don't get how that works at all. You know, you got Khalil Mack fighting off two, three guys and you're one-on-one with their worst pass blocker. And you're you can't you can't do it. You can't get home. You know it, it, it became a joke at one point during the 2019 season that he got two sacks week one against the Packers, and then he didn't record another sack until like week 13 or something like that with Khalil Mack healthy and on the other side of the line from him. But of course the Bears lose their patience with him. They send him off to the Rams, and in his first year in, in L.A. With uh, paired up with Aaron Donald and all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden now he's an All Pro pass rusher and he wins a goddamn Super Bowl. So, go figure. <laughs> yep. So, and then I saw him last like, night terrorizing the the Bengals because he plays for the Bills now. 
So it's like, so he became a pass rusher. How nice. He couldn't do that while he was wearing the uniform of the team that drafted him. That's nice. So uh, we've seen that. We've seen that around here too. <laughs> so, you know, um, the one thing that truly scares me about Thursday, and I'm going to be honest with you, is that I fear in my soul, Rashad, that we're going to be wearing those orange helmets and those orange jerseys on <laughs> Thursday night. They are the uh, absolute. I you were going somewhere else with that. No, no, that's uh, that's what I fear the most is that for for 60 minutes I'm going to have to look at those god awful uniforms on national television for the second year in a row, and I just uh, I don't want to do it. I I, I don't want to uh, at all. They're they are horrendous. And uh, I hate, yeah. I hated the orange jerseys when we just wore the orange jersey. But then last year we doubled down, and now the helmets are orange too. And it is, it is my worst nightmare confirmed. It is absolutely awful. And and I fear, yeah, I don't that we're going to wear them against you guys on Thursday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're going to wear. Um, you know, we got some of the best uniforms in the league. Unfortunately, we can't, uh, can't match that with our play. But um, yeah, I have no idea. I got to look at our, our jersey schedule to see. Uh, we haven't unleashed our best jersey combinations yet either. We we wore all black yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, but wore the silver, silver helmet. We have an all black. We have a black helmet too. Not sure why we didn't completely black it out, but you know it is what it is. There, I'm not sure what was it. But that's funny uh, that your biggest concern is what you're wearing and not the team you're playing. That's, that's funny. But I agree. I agree with you. I agree. With it's you. it's not that I'm not. Right you know, it's not that I'm not worried about the Panthers, but I'm I'm one of those that one of those guys that um, you know, you look good, you play good type things, and we do not go, look good in yeah. those uniforms. We absolutely do not. It is an absolute eyesore. I go from being a fan of the Chicago Bears to the Chicago Pumpkins, and it's just I'm not I'm not a fan, not a fan at all. And uh, I, I hate those uniforms. My listeners like to tease me uh, about it. They like to send me pictures of when they bought the orange, you know, Justin Fields jersey or somebody got a Fields jersey. Uh, autograph not too long ago, and it was the orange one. And I was like, "Just burn it, burn it now." That thing ain't that ain't worth the damn thing. And not because of Justin's signature, because you put it on that goddamn abomination of a uniform. So, yeah, I'm what you would call a a self professed uniform snob. So I'm always keeping my eyes on that. I'm, I've always been like an artist and into artistic things and uh, and whatnot, like graphic design and and all that. So these kind of things just always kind of catch my eye. And you're right. I do love Carolina's uniforms. Always have, and uh, you know, to pair what you guys are going to wear, which pretty much looks good across the board, versus you know us wearing the the orange tops and the orange helmets. And the Bears haven't released a uh, uniform schedule, at least not one that I'm aware of, anyway. Which is why I'm in fear of what could happen on third. If we, if we wear the dark tops and the dark bottoms, it's cool. You know, I'm all ha- I'm happy, but you know. We're wearing the orange on the orange because we haven't worn them at home yet. We wore them on the road against Tampa Bay, and we haven't worn them on the at home yet. And I fear that they're saving it for the for our last national TV game uh, of the uh, of the season, or at least the last one at home, because uh, we have a Monday night game in a few weeks against against Minnesota. So, but uh, yeah, we we have some weird combina- jersey combinations, but uh, it looks like we're going to be wearing white um, white jerseys. Yeah. I don't know what bottom we're going to be wearing but typically it's all white so we might we have an all white combination it's pretty cool yeah yeah with the black numbers the blue trim it looks good i like it so and silver helmets were all the rage back in the day i remember i had a i had a uh, poster back in the day of all the helmets and i was surprised how many silver ones there were 
uh, in the NFL because you have the the Panthers, you have the Raiders, uh, and a few others that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. But there were silver, there were like quite a few silver helmets. Like man, I didn't realize there were that many, but there there were at the time anyway. So anyway, that's kind of gotten off the rails, uh, Rashad. <laughs> Thanks so much uh, for coming on the the show uh, today, man. It's uh, it's a quick turnaround. We've barely had twelve hours to digest what happened to our teams uh, yesterday, but I guess that's the uh, the beauty uh, of a Thursday night game is that especially when you lose, like we both did yesterday, you just got to forget about it and move on because you got a game in two days uh, to get ready for. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is what it is, man. Uh, quick turnaround, and you know we got some injuries that we got to deal with. But yeah, I'm I'm excited either way, man. I, at the end of the day, want to see what Bryce does. Uh, at, we we got him. We're gonna he's gonna be the guy for the next couple of years anyway. So uh, hopefully, uh, he's a long term solution for Carolina. We just got to get on the right track. And I, you know, if 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 it's gonna take him struggling early to you know be great down the road, I'm here for it. But all, so for me, it's just I want to see progression, man. I want to see him get better every week. Uh, and he, he was doing that until yesterday. And it, it's not all his fault. Uh, you know, he's, he's, we've got some issues surrounding him with talent. And I don't know that our GM is the right guy to do that. But, um, yeah, we got it. Bryce is he's going to – hopefully he'll get better. Uh, and hopefully we can protect him. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a great game to watch anyway. Yeah, I don't think protecting him is going to be a problem, even with Montez Sweat now uh, on the team. Um, that's, I was telling my dad – because they kept saying, like, you know, the Bears only have 10 sacks. That's the lowest in the league. I was like, you want to know what's more pathetic in that stat by itself is that we got five of those 10 sacks in that game against Washington. So, yeah, yeah, we got five sacks in one game against Washington. We have five because we didn't get any yesterday. We have five more in the other, you know, seven, eight games uh, outside that. That's that's even worse than than, you know, just saying that we've got 10 for the season is that we got five of those in one game and spread out the other five throughout the rest of the other eight games we've played so far uh, this year. Like, that's that's way worse, in my opinion, is that God only knows what it would be like without that explosion against the commanders uh, who have an offensive line made out of Swiss cheese. So, um, yeah. But, uh, so... So are you are you being the optimist about Thursday? Because you know, as as far as like having a chance to win a game, the Bears is probably a good a chance you can get, uh, especially with the Cowboys coming up the week after that, and then you run into your yep. your division rivals with you know, Tampa Bay and, and company. Oh, you got the Titans who are tough on defense. Yeah, Titans, yeah. yeah, the Buccaneers, the Saints, Falcons, then the Packers. There's another chance to win a game, and the Jags, and then the Buccaneers to to finish it out. So. You know, the Bears is about as good a chance you're going to have for the next few weeks. Um, you think you guys can yeah, pull it off, yeah, I mean, or are you all out? No, nah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll get the W. Um, I, I again, for me, it's not. It's not even about wins and losses at this point. Um, it's just about progression and sure. seeing Bryce progress. I don't think we'll win. I think you guys will get the W. Uh, short week uh, injuries that we have on defense. I think it'll catch up to us at some point. Um, and I think you guys will be be able to do some things uh, on on the. Uh, on the offensive side of football, I would just, especially if you get Justin back, I think it'll, it'll, it'll go up. And I, I listen, these games always kill us, bro. When we, when we play a former player, uh, and, and I know DJ Moore is probably not happy. I know he wanted to stay in Carolina. Uh, he's probably, I know he's having the fun. He's having a blast down there now, but, uh, initially I know he was quite upset about getting traded. So these things never work out in our favor. We always get destroyed by our former players. So I expect DJ Moore to have a monster game against us. 
I'm talking about 200 yards. That's what Steve Smith did back in the day when he went to Baltimore. Uh, we've had countless guys do that. You know, we got a couple players on, on your roster now. Deontay Foreman's probably going to have a, uh, a a good game as well. We have a, some issues stopping the run. We did get good against Jonathan Taylor yesterday, but um, you know, we had typically we've had some issues stopping the run. So I think all your former guys, or all our former guys now on your roster, will have uh, great games, and we'll we will lose this game. We won't have enough offense to keep up, and uh, I just don't. Score wise, it'll probably be uh, probably twenty eight. I say twenty eight ten. Okay. That's what I'm rolling with. Well, I, I think it's sweet that you think we can score twenty eight points. That's that's quite generous hey, uh, hey, of you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, dude. DJ Moore will have a monstrous game against us, bro. It always happens. It always happens. Well, the last always time uh, the last time we played on Thursday, DJ Moore caught eight passes for two thirty and three touchdowns. Against the Commanders. It's so, yeah. It's going to happen again. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, man, and I'll be sitting here celebrating if it does. But, uh, Rashad, thanks so much uh, for coming back on. Uh, let my listeners know where we can uh, where we can catch your show at. Yeah, so you can catch us on at uh, uh, TC on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now, uh, and then YouTube, Panther Nation Podcast. Check us out. We have a lot of draft content. Uh, it's going to be dropping soon where we do draft profiles, individual uh, draft profiles on guys, uh, do, you know, mock draft, stuff like that. So pretty fun stuff. My co-host does a lot of fantasy stuff as well. He's kind of one of those betting guys. I don't do that type of thing. So, uh, but, yeah, just, you know, check us out. I've almost been seduced by the fantasy thing, especially those parlays where you could turn a $20 bet into $2,000 or something like yep. that if all of your all of your things hit. And I was like, it doesn't look that hard. Uh, maybe you know, maybe yeah. I might give this a try, but that sounds that's like a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down because like if twenty and then maybe throw a hundred, and if I throw a hundred, maybe it, it'll be ten thousand if it hits, and you know right. that's how you get into trouble and you can't pay your rent. So it's like, yeah, I've uh, I've I've been looking at some of those. It's like, but I just in the end, I just can't pull the trigger on it because it it'd be uh, you know, if some is good, more must be better, and that would get me into trouble. So yeah, but uh, uh, Rashad, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time this morning to uh, hang out. All the best on Thursday, and hopefully at the very least you guys can come out of this game healthy, which seems to have been an issue for the Panthers so far this year. Yep. All right, man. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see what happens. As always, I want to thank my guest, Rashad Beard, for coming on the show. Be sure to check him out if you are a, a draft Nick and uh, like to keep up with that stuff. And uh, we're 2-7, and seven, and the most exciting thing to talk about when it comes to the Chicago Bears is who we could be possibly using that number two and number three pick on, whether it's Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. or Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Olu Fashanu or whatever the hell his last name is. Uh, from Penn State, or maybe if we go nuts and draft Brock Bowers from Georgia, the tight end, or you know maybe 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 number one takes uh, May and we get Caleb Williams or whatever the situation is, we're gonna get some studs on the team. Knock on wood, and um, you know we'll see how it all uh, shakes out. I'm not sure how much, how far down the draft board will fall if we win. 
uh, on Thursday. That's interesting to think about. But we we help in our and hurt ourselves all at the same time uh, if we win. We're 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 kind of in a win lose situation no matter what because if Carolina wins, I'm not sure what that does. Maybe I th- obviously I think we'd flip flop because they'd have fewer losses than us. Like we'd be two and eight, they'd be two and seven. So I think that we we would actually jump up, but they would drop down from underneath us, and then I you know obviously Carolina would stay put if we beat them. Or actually, we might even help ourselves to the point where they'd be 1-8, and eight, which is what Arizona is right now. So I think maybe for the moment, they would might even leapfrog Arizona back into the number one spot, but I think we would fall. If we were 3-7, and seven, there are a few two-loss team, two-win teams behind us. So we might actually fall behind them. So it's a weird situation um, as to what actually will happen with draft position and I, I, Rashad and I didn't talk about that when uh, when we were chatting, obviously. So it's an interesting thought. Let's go ahead and dive into keys to the game so we can get this thing uh, wrapped up here. And you guys have heard me mention this in keys to the game before, especially when we play a team like Carolina, who's basically hasn't caught a break all season. That's just the kind of season that they've had, whether it be injuries or Every time, it, it, and it's very similar to what the Bears are going through as far as one step forward, two steps back, penalties are killing, or we have turnovers, can't protect the quarterback, blah, 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 blah. We don't want to give the Panthers any reason to believe, A, in themselves, and that, B, that they can win this game. I'm sure Panthers are saying the same thing about us. The season that we've had very much mirrors what's going on with them and you know don't give them any reason to get excited to be hyped up to get any kind of momentum or god forbid believe that they've got this thing in hand or that they can win the game an early turnover uh you know anything like anything like that like a team that's struggling to get after the passer and they get to the quarterback two times in the first three plays or something like that they're struggling to run the football, Meyer Sanders has been has had a bad season. He's getting benched half the time for uh, uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, half the time. Uh, but first handoff from Miles Sanders, he breaks it for thirty yards to get into Bear territory. That kind of thing. You just don't want to give them any reason to get any momentum going because the only thing scarier than a good football team is a team that believes in itself. It it really just is kind of that way. So, and this kind of also falls into my second key, which is what really killed us against the Saints isn't really so much the turnovers. Turnovers can and will happen in games, and obviously those are miscues and mistakes that you want to avoid, okay? But the things that you want to avoid, the things that can hurt even more than turnovers, especially when you're a team that's struggling, are penalties and these stupid pre-snap penalties, uh, you know, the block in the back, the, you know, the holding penalty that brings a 20-plus yard run back, you know, especially sometimes you get that block in the back uh, and the, the guy that got blocked in the back wouldn't have affected the play if you never laid a finger on him. He doesn't, he doesn't make the play. It doesn't matter, you know, but you hit him anyway. And now we, you know, we erase that 25-yard run. As a matter of fact, we lose yardage on the play because the penalty knocks us back. So those are the things that have to be eliminated. Okay, 
lining up offsides on a tush push, which is what Cody White here uh, did the other day. The false starts by Braxton Jones. That has to stop. You know, I mean, the Bears are, you know, you hate to say it, but it, it just seems like the, we can't, A, we can't get calls, and B, we get called for everything uh, when it comes to the referees, or at least that's just how it feels. You sit there and you, and you watch a game and, and you watch, uh, you know, uh, Montez Sweat or Demarcus Walker or somebody's coming around the edge and the linemen's pretty much got him in a chokehold. But where's the whole offensive holding flag? Nope. That's not going to come in. But, you know, somebody kind of – somebody on the offensive line sneezes in the wrong direction of an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle, illegal hands to the face, he was holding him, you know, that kind of thing. It always seems to happen that way. And, um, you know, it's obviously – a lot of it is sour grapes, but some of it is just like, Jesus, man, can we get a call or what? So those are the kinds of things that have to go away. You know, turnovers can and will happen. Sometimes the guy just makes a play or punches the ball out of his hand, you know, that kind of thing. There's that, in in my opinion, turnovers are a two-way street. Penalties, on the other hand, are something that can be fixed, can be uh, controlled. And like I said, I know that if I just said the referees seem to be after us at times, but also... You know, we we hold <laughs> things like that. We just we can't do that. We have to stop doing those things. And you know, it's just like there's never a good time to have a penalty, but we always seem to get that penalty in the worst possible moment. You know, the offense needs a spark. It needs a play. Deontay breaks one for about 25 yards, but it's coming back because so and so held uh, at the line of scrimmage. So not only is it coming all the way back, we're going 10 yards behind it. On top of that, so what would have been first and ten at the at midfield is now first and twenty at their own fifteen yard line. You know, it's it's just that kind of thing. So those are the things that have to be uh, eliminated, especially against a team like the Panthers. You know, you just can't do anything to give them uh, a spark. No, no early turnovers. No, uh, you know, plays like that. So, and then finally, you heard Rashad talk about it. We got to be aggressive. On defense and, and and to hell with this, getting home with four. I mean, it sounds like we'll have an opportunity to get home with four against this offensive uh, line uh, of the Panthers. But you know, Sanborn is very good at blitzing. T.J. Edwards is a good blitzer. We've seen Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker uh, come in there on on the blitz as well. Send them, send them. Not on every play or anything like that, but kind of be more. Brian Flores-ish, you know, maybe two or three out of every five or something on pass plays, of course. Send the house. send Because, you know, he, he said so himself. Young can be affected uh, by the pressure, which could force a mistake, an interference, or excuse me, interception, a tip ball, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, he's he's flushed and he's, he's in the pocket, and all of a sudden here comes Montez Sweat, strip sack. We got the ball going back the other way. Make be aggressive on defense. Do not sit back in zone and let this kid pick us apart. Okay, we've proven this season ten sacks through nine games. Okay, and the only thing worse than us having ten sacks in nine games is that we got five of them in one game. 
Okay, if you guys remember, the last time we played on Thursday night, we had a five-sack performance against Sam Howell and the Commanders. And in that one game, we got half of our sacks for the season. Okay? Imagine, we take that game away. We have five sacks in nine games. Or five sacks in eight games. That's pathetic. So, we've proven that getting home with four is not how we do it. We got to send the house. Go get them. All right? Be aggressive. Go get them. Affect the quarterback. Affect the rookie. Make him make mistakes. Make him doubt himself and all that kind of stuff. This thing could be over by halftime. So that's my piece. Those are my keys. That's the show. Come on back tomorrow for the fourth phase preview of week number 10. And, uh... We'll uh, talk about our pick six. We'll get into the all-out blitz, so on and so forth. So come on back to that. Enjoy the game on Thursday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.